0: people that are very obsessive, one of the hardest things in the world for them to do is manage uncertainty. So let's say they are with a partner that may come home late at night and since they can't tolerate the unknown and there is some uncertainty about where their partner was, then their mind starts to fill in all kinds of blanks and it generates all kinds of funky answers Which many of them are not good and negative Definitely not the scenario that they want Welcome everybody to the podcast Relationships, let's talk about it I'm Privil Toplitsky, I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues Everybody's got one Partners, family, friends, co-workers Neighbors. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Understanding Jealousy. And I'm going to do a monologue and talk about jealousy. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode because I am going to be answering a listener's question in the segment called Listener's Questions. Let's talk about it. And before I get on to it, I've got one housekeeping item, and that is that I've asked before that if you are listening on Apple Podcast, if you would leave a review, a written review, because I'm told by some of my production team members That it's really good to get more reviews. It's about an algorithm thing that I have no clue about. But I guess the more of that, the more people in their searches get to hear about this podcast. And I love to spread it out and get more people listening. So let's talk about understanding jealousy. Some of you may be on the receiving end of having jealous people in your life, jealous partners, and know how challenging that can be to be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't trust you, that is jealous and acts upon it. It can wreak just havoc in a relationship. And most of the time what I see, it can be the end of a relationship when jealousy is so high. And if you are a jealous person, and I think we've all had incidences in our life that we felt some jealousy, but if that is predominant in your life as a jealous person, it's really good to work on this part because it's going to be very difficult, again, to have a trusting and connecting and healthy, intimate relationship if that is something that you're hyper focused on and you'll have consistent anxiety in the relationship and probably of course push the person away and inevitably what kind of happens is if it's not a founded jealousy a truth to your jealousy you're going to end up pushing that person to perhaps do that start committing some behavior to foster distrust or of course they will just put up a boundary and get very frustrated and end the relationship because they just can't put up with that. So I want to talk about something that we all know that sometimes there are words that are similar, and sometimes we don't know them apart. And with jealousy, I think there's another word that is combined with that, and that's envy. Sometimes we use it in the same meaning. So I want to talk a little bit about what I think the difference is. I think the definition of jealousy is the fear of losing one's position or situation to someone else, especially in an intimate relationship. An example may be where one person feels jealous that their partner is hanging out with someone else instead of them. It could be where one of you is jealous of your partner's friends that are of the opposite sex. You might be jealous of people in the office because maybe it's mainly women or mainly men. I think it just generally describes like a situation where there's some sort of emotional rivalry between people. And envy is usually defined as the feeling of wanting what someone else has. Like for example, I'm envious of your ability to play the guitar or I'm envious of your slim and fit figure. I'm envious that you have a wonderful car, uh, that you have a wonderful partner. See, the, the difference around that is they're not jealous of the partner but they're envious that you have something that they don't have. So again, like jealousy has to do with holding on to what you have because you're afraid that someone else is going to take it away, while envy has to do with wanting what someone else has. I remember I was talking with somebody some months ago, after I spent some time with my son, and I was just in such a wonderful, loving, connected, reflective mood about my relationship with my son, how I'm just so appreciative and grateful for what we have, who he is. And I was sharing it with that person. And after I finished some of my sharing, they said, oh, I'm so jealous of your relationship with your son. I wish that I had that. Well, first of all, a couple of things went through me. One, it really wasn't jealousy. It was envy. Two, man, that was really hard for me to connect and hear with that person. I know that that was their feeling that came up. But uh, I would have loved for them to connect with me of my relationship with my son to reflect back how wonderful that is and to maybe even ask some more questions. But it automatically went back to their envy. And what it did inside of me was throw up a little bit of flag of, wow, I don't really want to share some of my joys with this person because it's going to automatically go to their lack, perhaps what they don't have. And that's not enjoyable for me to be able to share with people in my life that aren't grateful for or appreciative and feel joy for me when I'm expressing that kind of positive experiences in my life and i understand that that was what was going through that person and they were being honest with their expression but instantly they made it about them as opposed to really being interested and acknowledging my experience so i also think some of it is that we all feel that you know we have envy inside of ourselves at time some of us to bigger degrees than others. And some of the difference is there's a difference between feeling it and actually acting upon it. So what I would have liked for that person to do was to reflect inside themselves maybe that they're feeling it, but they didn't necessarily have to say it right after I shared it with them. That was their action of acting upon the feeling of envy as opposed to letting it sit and maybe they could reflect on it afterwards and try to understand it within themselves. So when it becomes really detrimental, when jealousy and envy become really detrimental, is when we act upon it and put it in behavior. Not so much that we actually feel it, because again, I believe it it can be a normal human tendency. There's a common evolutionary explanation for jealousy. And that is that usually men fear sexual infidelity as they want to be, one, absolutely certain that their offspring is actually theirs. And from a gender standpoint, women are more concerned with, let's say, emotional infidelity because they're concerned with their children's survival and want to make sure that their partner actually stays with them, provides for them protects them and supports them. So I guess a a quick summation of that would be, the studies have shown that men were more jealous about physical infidelity, while women were more jealous about emotional infidelity. And that's just a generalization, but you you can digest that and see if that's true to yourself and your situation. And so that's why it can feel like a natural process at some times, that we feel jealous in such moments because our sense that a cherished connection we have with another person is threatened, and our fear that a loved one, somebody that we're connected with, may find someone else to replace us. And I remember remember some incidences with that in my early days, Boy, I was about... 19 with my first love and we were going kind of back and forth in a in a breakup situation and I even think that I Stopped the relationship on my end, but I wanted to get back together and She started seeing somebody else and oh man Those of you that know that it's gut-wrenching and I remember that I drove to her apartment one evening and I was parked outside her apartment. And I saw this man that she was dating. I knew his car. I can't remember why. I think it was she told me what kind of car he drove. And I saw him get out of the car and go into her apartment. And I stayed in that car, my car, parked on the side all night while they were up in her apartment. And I remember the next morning when he left It just hit me, right? They spent the whole night together and it was just gut-wrenching. And I did that to myself. I stayed and I suffered myself in that way. Now, I internalized it. I didn't go off in anger and rage to my, I guess I could have called her my girlfriend at the time. I still considered her that. But I internalized that suffering and that jealousy. That was not healthy for me, but it would have been very unhealthy if I would have acted upon it. And if I would have showed anger and rage or questioned her a lot about what was going on for her that night and so forth. So I'm really glad that I didn't do that. And I had to work with my own suffering. And again, some of that, of course, that stems from it is when we have our own insecurities about ourself is when jealousy really increases. If I really felt good about myself that I didn't compare myself with this person that she decided to see instead of me, then I wouldn't be feeling that level of gut wrenching jealousy. And I see that in my work every day that I believe that it's hands down insecurity is the most common source of jealousy. You know, we hear this word that we throw around, around inferiority complex. It refers to a very diminished ego or low self-esteem. So that would be when one person feels that they're not good enough for the other person. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have that across the board. There are some people that feel very competent in areas of their life. Like somebody might feel very confident in their work as let's say a physician or professional or a musician but in other areas of their life maybe in relationship they don't feel very confident at all so they can have a grounded self-esteem that's high in one area of their life but a very low sense of self let's say that inferiority complex in another part of their life like their relationships and that's where jealousy can get really high. So again, it's not across the board that somebody who has low self-esteem is gonna have it in all areas of their life. I've also seen, especially in my work, where let's say somebody that is very obsessive in their thinking process, where they tend to overthink and obsess about things that inevitably permeates into every one of their romantic relationships. You know, while it's normal to handle a certain amount of uncertainty, but I believe that people that are very obsessive, one of the hardest things in the world for them to do is manage uncertainty. So let's say they are with a partner that may come home late at night, and since they can't tolerate the unknown, and there is some uncertainty about where their partner was, then their mind starts to fill in all kinds of blanks and it generates all kinds of funky answers, which many of them are not good and negative, definitely not the scenario that they want. Probably creating a lot of things just out of thin air. And then the result is feeling a tremendous round of anxiousness and jealousy and if that is communicated constantly to their partner that partner's going to have a real hard time feeling close and intimate with that person probably even at times i know people stop disclosing even their truth because they're afraid they're going to get scrutinized by their partner and asked a thousand questions and so forth and it doesn't matter if they tell the truth or not so if you dial down the obsessive style of that, then usually you have less jealousy also. Now I'm not talking about valid jealousy in some way, right? Somebody that is in a partnership where that, there has been deceit, there has been betrayal, there has been lies and infidelity, Yeah, you're going to have a lot of obsessive and jealous thoughts, and that's a whole different realm of how to work that through because that is actually spurred on by an external circumstance as opposed to feeling insecure and low self-esteem within yourself. And those external circumstances, like if your partner cheats on you and there's infidelity, that can spur the feeling of insecurities. That really hits that deep. And that of course increases the jealousy. So if you're able to really work on your own sense of self and your own sense of your security of who you are, what you have to value in the relationship and know that it is about the other person's choice, the other person being out of integrity, and it's not about you, it's about them. Then you don't have to get caught up in that loop of jealousy. You know, there's another kind of personality type besides the obsessive type, and that would be more the paranoid part of a personality, where let's say that leads that person to feel victimized and persecuted, and frequently feeling that others are out to get them. And they often feel that others are trying to sabotage them, you know, what they want, um, what they have, their goals, their career maybe their family. And these people would have a tendency to be more, let's say, blamers, that they assign blame to others as opposed to looking inward and taking responsibility and accepting accountability for their own mistakes or their own flaws. And then, therefore, no amount of evidence can convince them when they feel jealous and they are in the grasp of a strong belief that they believe that their partner is cheating because of this paranoid tendency. That's why we hear it all the time in movies that we see it, they say, you're paranoid, telling this person that they're just making it up. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, you know how challenging and unhealthy it is when people have the style and obsessed with paranoia. And then, of course, when I talked earlier about you might be valid for your jealousy if somebody isn't telling the truth and they have cheated, but also bringing in your past. You might have had an experience with another relationship that there was cheating going on. And if that's not resolved within yourself, then you can be bringing in that old pattern and past behavior of jealousy into your current relationship. So I think it is a real challenge if you don't have a history of being jealous. The likelihood is that the jealous feelings that you're having aren't a problem in your relationship. It just may be the fact that your instincts are signaling that you are in a relationship with somebody that you might not be able to trust. And in this situation, you aren't becoming the jealous type. You're just more concerned with distrust and that your intuition, it has a knowing. So you may not be jealous, you just may be worried. And I would say if you don't have a history of jealousy or you're not very obsessive or paranoid and that you have a feeling of worry come on, it's very good to discuss that with your partner because it can show a little bit of a, maybe a boundary crossing that's happening that you wanna just put attention to. And if you're able to use it with maybe perhaps some humor and some lightness around that, wow, you know, I can feel a little jealous when you've been talking to this person constantly in the last couple of weeks, you know, after work and going out to dinner with them. I really want to make sure that you have that relationship in line with the integrity and the safety of our relationship. It's good to be able to address those issues before they get really out of hand You can check out one of my past podcasts on emotional infidelity. Is it really cheating? And that's around this realm when you're starting to maybe pick up some things that aren't aligned with how you want to be in relationship. Either on your end that's crossing some boundaries or perhaps your partner's end that feels like it's out of integrity. So I also think it's really important that when we have those insecure feelings that are coming up and it's feeling... Um, in the emotion around jealousy, that we evaluate our critical inner voice. You know, that critical inner voice perpetuates destructive thoughts and feelings. It drives us to compare. It We judge ourselves. We evaluate ourselves and others to a real great scrutiny. So I think this is one reason why learning how to deal with jealousy is so important is to understand our inner critic and in a past podcast I have done a monologue on transforming the inner critic which is a really good one I think especially in this realm to really understand our self-talk that perpetuates and ruminates that can turn into let's say also unhealthy jealousy let's say that there is a rejection or a betrayal from our partner and that is very painful but actually, what often hurts us even more are all the terrible things that our critical inner voice tells us about ourselves around the events. You know, like, wow, you were such a fool to do this and believe that person. If you would have just been smarter, did you really think you could have a wonderful and happy relationship? You don't deserve to have and be happy. You know, this critical inner voice that just keeps winding us up. You know, that aspect of you'll wind up alone. And that critical inner voice that wants to protect us will even put up you should never trust anyone again. So it's good to have a self-reflection on, on that process because those negative feelings about ourselves usually originate from very early experiences in our lives. And we often take on feelings from our caretakers, our parents, and we put that towards ourselves. And then we unconsciously replay. We can recreate that old dynamic in our current relationships. So it's really good to watch a lot of those unconscious thoughts that can permeate from the inner critic. You know, like maybe a thought of my partner doesn't want to be around me or they're losing interest. They want to get away from me. I'm so boring. We have to look at where are those thoughts stemming from. And everybody has some of the inner critic. You just got to evaluate how much of it is in your life constantly. And again, most of it is unconscious thoughts. Like I said in a past podcast, there are studies that show that we have somewhere between 40 and 60,000 thoughts a day. Almost 80% of those thoughts are unconscious. And 80% of those thoughts are reoccurring from the day before. And most of those are actually negative, so we really do have an uphill battle in some way of monitoring and being the gatekeeper of our own thoughts, and jealousy and envy. Boy, that can wreak havoc with the inner critic going unchecked. So I also want to leave you a little bit with you know what to do when some jealous thoughts come up, how to deal with jealousy, and you know, grounding yourself and also staying vulnerable is so important. You know, no matter how jealous that we feel, we need to find a way to come back to ourselves, to soften. We can do that by of course accepting our emotions, by having self-compassion, knowing that no matter how strong these feelings are, that they will pass. They usually come in waves. They will subside. Most of all, you really want to calm yourself and self-soothe before you respond or react in behavior, especially towards somebody else. Go ahead and take a walk. Nice, deep breaths, right? Inhale, great. Deep breath would be inhaling for, let's say, the count of four, holding it for the count of two. Exhaling it for the count of six, because those longer exhales are the ones that will activate more of the parasympathetic, autonomic nervous system, which means that's the relaxation part of yourself. You want to activate more of that so that you get calmer and so you won't react as fast or as deeply. And I know this is difficult, it's easier said than done, but we have to really be careful about not letting that critical voice that advises us to take action when we're hurt, to don't act out. You know, once we spiral in that state of jealousy, a lot of things can wreak havoc. And on the extreme that people know about, because it's in the news every day, you might have had it in your experience or people around you, is how that can get into violence. A lot of domestic violence is based on jealous feelings that are acted out in violence. So you definitely don't want to do that. So we got to be really careful about not acting out and not punishing and blaming and acting out to people that we love and respect. You don't want to blow up that way. And if we're in a relationship, it may tell us to even be cold to our partner, block them out that's the part of that critical inner voice that's trying to protect us. But that's not gonna serve your relationship. So calming down to have a better sense of yourself, you can engage in very soft startup conversations about how you're feeling instead of what the person is doing or not doing. And here's something that's just within our control. This will help you increase the sense of uh, relationship esteem that you have and things that you are more in control over and that will increase the respect of those around us when we are mindful and considerate in our interactions. So if we want to feel consistent love of our partner, we must commit to engaging in loving acts each and every day. So it is aligning with our own relationship integrity of how we want to show up as a partner in our relationships. That's what we can control. We can't control what the other person does or doesn't do. So I know if I want to, let's say, keep my partner as a partner in my relationship to make it really easy for her to do that, to want to make that decision. And that is by me showing up and being a kind a compassionate and patient partner. And if she chooses not to be with me, then that is her choice. I can't control that, but I know what I did control was who I wanted to be when I showed up in a relationship. And being a kind and loving partner that we hope to have the trust of our, our partner and we have to listen to what they say without growing defensive or rushing to judgment to be able to hold that container for that person's emotions. And I mean hold it as a a witness, as a compassionate witness. People want to be around somebody who gives them the space to be who they are in the moment and express their feelings in a healthy way. So we do have some influence of keeping the health of our relationship and a great relationship skill Is apologizing well, really owning when we have hurt the person, whether it is a direct hurt or an indirect hurt, that we can take that accountability and responsibility. That really helps create the safety of the relationship container. You can check out a podcast I did a while ago back in, I think it was 2018, and that is The Art of Apology because it would be really good if you're able to, let's say, even say this to your partner. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry that I made you cry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm just a jealous guy. Just a shout out to John Lennon there. Okay, everybody. Uh, Stay tuned for this new segment of the podcast, Listener's Questions. Let's talk about it. And now it's time for this segment of the podcast called Listener's Questions. Let's talk about it. And this week, I am taking a question from Amelia. Amelia.
1: Hi, Prepo. My name is Emilia. I'm based out of Worcester County in Massachusetts. I sent you a follow request or just a follow on Instagram the other day, but I wanted to reach out to you for a couple of reasons. First of all, I came across your podcast just over a year ago now, and I've been listening to your episodes ever since. You are definitely my go-to resource for interesting and informative Formative relationship conversations. And I just wanted to express my gratitude for you. (laughs) All the work that you do, I know it definitely has helped me tremendously in my own personal growth, especially at times that I've needed it the most. And I also just want to pay tribute to the contribution that you have on the world. And it really just is incredible. And the world definitely needs more of you and Rainbow. I love when you guys go on together. So The reason why I'm reaching out to you is for a podcast suggestion, but I wanted to preface it with this. So I came across your podcast in doing some market research of my own just over a year ago when I was toying around the idea of starting my own podcasting journey. So I wanted to jump into that because I wanted to just talk about relationships. I love having conversations, really deep conversations, and um, they always seem to revolve around relationships and that really lights me up as they are a huge, significant part of my life. And I, I definitely pay more attention to them than anyone else in all my circles. And I tend to psychoanalyze them as well. With being the go-to for a lot of people in relationship issues and questions, I do get this question a lot, and I would love to hear your professional and experiential feedback. The topic suggestion revolves around moving forward in a new relationship in the most healthy and fruitful way without being held back, bogged down, or disconnected from you or your partner's past. It's definitely a hefty topic, and there's a lot of subtopics that could go into that, But I would love to hear your feedback on that. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thanks, Amelia. That is a really good topic and question because, you know, most people bring a certain amount of baggage into their relationships. However, it can be really unhealthy for relationships if you're not aware of them or if you are stuck. So I don't think that the issue is not about having past relationship baggage, because most everyone does. What needs to be more in focus and place, though, is the willingness to examine and work through emotional hurts and difficulties. To succeed in the new relationship, both partners must be willing to go beyond any past hurts. So in order to form a new healthy relationship, it is necessary to be emotionally available, and this means the space in your heart for new experiences. So the willingness to move past that would be moving past your past, and that would be accepting your responsibility for your past, that you take accountability. You take accountability for your decisions, the experiences that you had, that you don't blame it on the other person, a lot of times people bring baggage in and they bring in the blame and the responsibility of the dysfunction of their past relationships on the other people. You know, there is a point, even when we grow up, we've gotta get past blaming our parents for certain things and really start taking accountability and responsibility for what it is that we can change We have to work through our feelings of let's say anger, of resentment, of regret, and that can be a process. That just doesn't happen overnight. We can overcome our ghosts, no matter what baggage that they use to haunt us. You know, is that we need to be able to know that we are in control not our ghost past is in control. Because in some way, if we stay a victim, uh, we can be doomed to repeat that negative behavior or even perpetuate negative attitudes indefinitely and keep repeating those in our current or future relationships. You know, in my experience working with people that bring in some baggage from the past, anger is a big, big emotion that people bring in And it's usually, you know, the most identifiable and pronounced emotion when, let's say, a past relationship ends. And we need to keep in mind that underneath anger, of course, is usually feelings of hurt, fear, shame, sadness. And once we recognize those feelings that are underneath anger as it passes, then, for instance, sadness may really come up and dominate, and we really need to feel those feelings. And that's not easy. You know, people really don't want to stay and feel the feelings of sadness. Underneath those feelings of sadness is also usually grief. So then there's a process of grieving of what we didn't have. Could be grieving the loss of the relationship to other people, or the parent that we never had, the loving parent that we never had a big part of the grieving process is also acceptance. Acceptance means that you don't have to like it, but we, if we accept our past and our experiences that we had, then it's a lot easier for us to move from the acceptance and then let it go. I don't believe that we can just let things go without accepting first that it happened. And apart from doing our own work, to let go of much baggage as we can to enter into a healthier relationship. We also have to have very good communication in the relationship that we have. You know, having constant and open communication with your current partner as much as possible is so important. And if your partner is struggling to move on from the past You know, it is taking time to really try to understand and be curious what's going on with him or her and also to be cognizant of what influence that we might have to influence some triggers to those emotions or also difficult memories. We're not responsible for our partner's reactions, but we might have an influence based on our own triggers. So let's say one of you is bringing in a lot of baggage from the relationship our partner is not responsible to fix it for us. You know, that's really important. It's not about making it go away. That's not their responsibility. But perhaps one of the partners, they can modify and be sensitive to it. It's about managing it and not taking things really personally either. You know, I think when you're in a current relationship, it's really important that there, you might see some red flags. So you have to identify some, let's say, interaction patterns in your relationships and address any emotional baggage that might come up. You can still make it work. It just depends on the dynamic that comes up. You know, open and honest communication, being honest in relationship is so important. I believe that relationship thrives in truth, dies in lies, you know, as they say. So it's really important, you know, being honest and having truth is not always easy. For instance, let's say that you learn some of your partner's past, like infidelity or cheating. If that bothers you, you got to bring it up. You can't just push it aside. You got to be honest of what is coming up for you but doing it in a relational way. And that's why, as I said in the beginning, it's really important that both partners have this willingness to move past the past. And therefore there's also a willingness for understanding and not just defensiveness and blame or withdrawal and stonewalling and thinking that it's just gonna work out itself. I also think a key component with emotional baggage is everyone has something that they're sensitive to and you know one key to make a relationship work is that you want to find a partner that is sensitive to your baggage and who's willing to work with it it's great to have a partner that has empathy and that is really trying to understand where you're coming from you know without minimizing and making you feel bad I also see a really important factor in my practice is, you know, the willingness to work through relationship issues as a result of baggage. It can wear anyone out. So it's so important to stay, you know, healthy and to make sure that self care physically and mentally and emotionally is a top priority. You want to surround yourself with other people in your life that also care about you and that's willing to support you. As you are supporting your partner with their baggage, I also think it's really important to, let's say, celebrate some of the wins. You know, when you're moving through some issues of past baggage and you're getting more understanding that things are transforming, maybe the volume of that baggage is less than it was before. Instead of going on to the next baggage, you know, and try to address that, it's really good to celebrate with your partner, how you move through it, that you did move through it, and also to recognize how you move through it so that you can move through perhaps the next layer in the future in a very similar way, in a healthy way. So some of you might even be asking, so what what would be some baggage? you know? And I think just some baggage that I see that people bring from their past into their relationships would be paranoia, Or you compare your partner with past lovers. Maybe people that come in with baggage won't fully commit. They might have control issues. They're stuck in the past, as I said, you know, playing the blame game, especially with parents or the exes or the school that they went to. So they're stuck in the past. You know, they're projecting their insecurities. So I would just end it by saying that I think the challenge is whether you can handle each other's baggage in a way that keeps the positivity and the respect in your relationship. That is so important to be able to work through the degrees of baggage that people do bring in a relationship. So thanks for that question, Amelia. Those of you that want to ask a Relationship question that I can answer on a future podcast, you can go to my webpage, heartsharecounseling.com, click on the podcast page, scroll down, hit the voice message button to leave a relationship question. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you make yourselves a beautiful day.
1: Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, let's talk about it, is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A U X B U S dot com. Oxbus.